getting better. This will be a fun discussion, I think. I'm always trying to get better. I'm gonna have a lot of questions. A lot. So, you're gonna have a lot of questions. Me too. All well, right. It sounds like you've mastered getting better, Clayton. So you're the the expert. I don't know. I don't know. Alrighty. Hey guys, welcome to the Better Building Systems Podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Ferry, and here with me today is Nick Taliska, Jim DePasquale, and Mark Sankey. In today's podcast, we will be discussing the importance of self-improvement and some steps to keep you on track. Uh, in other words, getting better. So I think this discussion can be a little bit subjective. Like everything, some people have different goals and timelines and lifestyles and you know, getting better can you know be on a, a fast track or a little bit of a slower track depending on what you feel you know where you should be what's going on in your life and everything um so we're going to kind of just discuss our vision or thoughts on that and maybe to get started we should define what better means i don't know if you guys want to opine on that or not <laughs> what is getting better what is better improving well it can be i think getting better on a, a number of facets it could be getting better in your personal life with your friends your peers your relationships it can be better in terms of your efficiency at work your either completeness or thoroughness or or productivity i mean a number of things but i think we look at it here um you know with respect to work and mm -hmm. just to, to kind of backtrack a little bit, um, I read an article by Kristen Wilson Slack uh, about the medieval guild and the apprentice, journeyman, and master. Pretty interesting. Oh, I read stuff. that one too. You, you read it? No, Mark. Oh. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, so medieval what? The medieval guilds. Remember the craftsmen's guilds. So yeah, the apprentice was one who apprehends consequently the, the term apprentice or takes hold of learning it also might be one who is taken hold of as apprentices were bound to masters so an apprentice was one who learned for a specific amount of time learning specific skills and techniques of both hand and mind however he wasn't allowed to be a member of the guild until he'd satisfied the requirements set out by the guild and even more importantly by his master the word journeyman uh, the Etymology is someone who does work for another. He's an apprentice who's been sent out in the world to work, generally for other masters or shops. So a journeyman, the origin was meaning of the word journey. That was originally a day, and it was somebody who performed work for a day and moved on. So the journeyman's work was always reflective on his current or former master, and they had to guarantee his work or her work. And shame on the journeyman meant shame to the master. Master is a more interesting term used in the same time period. And it meant one who has control or authority. And it also means the one who subjugates. So it means the master has perfected and honed his skills to the point where he was competent or she was competent in all areas of their craft under a variety of conditions with a variety of materials. So a guild member might go their whole life and be a journeyman. Masters were few and far between. So, you know, we can look at it in the terms of the medieval or in terms of Star Wars. You know, there were apprentices. I mean, right? 
<laughs> Renaissance okay. and uh, Still with Jedi's, you. and then there was Yoda, right? So, uh, same kind of thing. And I think it, it, you know, not everybody aspires to be the master of their work, but I think it's a combination of, you know, what someone aspires to and what they are capable of in terms of talents and abilities. But that's, you know, the way I look at just about everything in our business. Do we have, you know, the masters really taking time to mentor people? Do we have journeymen who are qualified and competent no matter where they go? I hope so. Um, you know, and especially apprentices, you know, individuals just getting out of school or just joining the industry, be it from trade school or anywhere else, you know, the aspiration should be gain as much knowledge, gain as many skills as you can to become, you know, the at the next level so for what we kind of talk about then getting better is this all-encompassing idea of well like improving your knowledge right you mentioned that improving your skill set uh getting faster at doing things well i'll I'll just say on the skill set side there's really two ways you improve and one is you know you know it's breadth and depth so depth is how well you know a specific subject um, you know, do you know that thermocouple linearity is a function of the uh, precision of metallurgy that goes into the constituent materials? You know, what do you know about what you're trying to um, design or commission or whatever? And then breadth of knowledge is continuously expanding the perimeter or working at the periphery of your knowledge base, gathering in more uh, skill sets or or uh, information or understanding of what touches everything you do. So you grow the breadth, the circle of information that you are, or the circle of systems that you're capable of, of you know, working through and working with, and the depth, which is how well you know each one of those. So basically you have a, have a inverted pyramid of breadth and depth and, you know, it's hard to be a specialist at everything, but they're, everybody has their own specialties and they're also, you know, how broad is the knowledge base? This makes me think of um, the saying, jack of all trades, master of none. Right. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my mind. But I guess you want to be... So that's someone, I'm sorry, that's somebody that would have it kind of in, inverted where, because Mark, from what you were saying, the depth of your understanding has to come first, right? Before you can then, like you said, widen that circle and get more breath and apply that knowledge outward. I could see it going the other way. I mean, you could get exposed to everything. And then as time goes by, like, yes, you are, you have familiar, it's like college. I mean, you're exposed to everything, right? So your breath is wide and then your depth kind of comes with time. So Mark, I then, I think this is a great, what you've been saying is excellent. And it really, uh, speaks to my experience, you know, early in my career, I think I was more, I had more, uh, breadth than depth. (laughs) I was hitting a lot of different markets, a lot of different disciplines. And at times I felt like I was falling behind some of my peers because they were able to stay in one single, you know, building type or system type or market. And they got more specialized. Whereas I was bouncing around from healthcare to residential, to commercial, to industrial, you know, designing DX package systems. Um, then I'll, next thing I know, I'm doing, you know, central ch- energy plants, chillers, boilers. 
And it was very frustrating at first because, like, like I said, I, I never felt that I was experienced enough to take on sole responsibility. So I guess for a very long time, I was in, a, for better or worse, I was in a, I consider myself an apprentice. But that started to pay dividends later in my career because having all that breadth, you know, I start to build the depth of each one of those skill sets. And yeah, I'm just kind of relating what you were saying to my own path. And it's interesting kind of looking, talking Talking it out, out. looking back and how (laughs) it actually applied to what I went through. Yeah. Well, totally, Jim. And even after the last uh, episode we did on pumps, you know, you and I are both mechanical engineers, but very different in, in how our careers have gone. And I came away from that thinking, boy, I used to know something about pumps, but I don't think I do anymore. And because I just don't apply that knowledge. Well, I think, but, right. Uh, but it was kind of a wake up call in that sense. Well, I mean, I, I feel like that almost every episode, <laughs> every podcast, because <laughs> it, we, we need both. We, we need the breadth and the depth in our field. Um, you that know, when you're a consultant, you have to know a lot about a lot. You, you can't just know a little bit about a lot like we have to know we have to understand um you know how so many different systems how they actually work and we'll we'll never have the time to just specialize in our field anyway um you know specialize Mm -hmm. in one specific thing i suppose you could but most consultants you, you know in specifically for like you know hvac design engineering or i would imagine the same i don't know if you could call i guess i'm going to ask a question would you consider like controls engineering um like a specific that's specialized maybe it is and then maybe there's inside controls engineering different specializations um you know there's just so much to know about so much and that's why i think it's a good thing and maybe this is a message for some younger engineers that you have to be patient. I know I, I always, I wanted to be a PE, run my own business, um, you know, be in charge, responsible charge of all my own work. And then the more I got into it, the more I realized I have to be patient because there's a lot to know. And no matter how smart or how good your grades are, or how, you know, what, how much of a hot shot you think you are, you do need to, you know, follow a mentor and another you know, master before you're ready to take the leap. I think that mindset is so valuable though. Like to, to, to like realize that, especially as a younger individual to say, there's so much to learn. I don't need to, it's not a race, you know, um, let me absorb everything I can. Well, well, I have the, you know, well, you're in the position to, you know, especially being younger in the field. Um, a lot of people above you aren't, like you can't really ask dumb questions, I guess, if I had to boil it down to saying something, you know what I mean? Like if you're 50 something years old and you're, you know, been a PE and yeah, you ask a dumb question, someone's going to be like, well, that's a dumb question. Why are you asking that? But if you're, you know, 21 years old, just learning, getting in the field and you're curious and you ask a dumb question, someone will give you a good answer probably. And then you'll know. Well, so take your time and and I think there's a message that not just for our young people, Jim, but I think it's also for the people who are considered masters of their of their experience base that 
it's imperative. And I, I was very fortunate, very blessed to work with people when I was young who took time to mentor me. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that in and of itself is something that I think has maybe at least from my observation been lost where especially in big companies okay you get promoted you become a partner and you become largely an administrator and someone who maybe checks drawings or maybe not but you become the face to the customer and do less engineering and there's a whole body of experience and knowledge that isn't passed on as efficiently as it should be you know the the mentoring that goes on now i think is largely uh, ad hoc mm -hmm. and is, is very much peer-to-peer -peer mentoring versus mm -hmm. you know the masters I, I know i talk to guys every week that are so smart and i learn things from every time i speak with them and i really appreciate that because i'm not an expert in everything at all and and uh, in some cases work on systems that i have no knowledge base in and they recognize it take the time to explain you know what the challenges are and we can go forward but i think there are many instances when i see young people you know younger engineers younger technicians put in a situation without sufficient information or mentoring to be successful bring back the guilds yeah <laughs> i don't know They're, they were there for a reason right when you yeah. look at some of the construction that took place you know in medieval times that was the only way you could pass on information. I mean, I 100% agree. And I think this leads to potentially another controversial podcast of do does engineering and design scale? <laughs> In other words, you know, how, how mm. you know, throughout time, most of these professions, as Marcus said, is in like, you know, master an apprentice or master journeyman apprentice you know, very small scale. They didn't have, as far as I know, giant corporations of tens of thousands, I guess even now approaching hundreds of thousands of people, some companies just cranking out designs. You know, I think it was, I don't know, something to think about. So what do you think is lost in that then, Jim? The one-on-one -on -one connection you're saying or just a complete lack of that that mentorship and I guidance think, i think it's bigger than that i, I it's, it's money jim it all comes down to in money. a way that's a big part of it um <laughs> yeah and, you know and we're kind of getting off track here maybe <laughs> that's all right <laughs> i'm kind of winging it right now um <laughs> Well, you said this was another episode. Yeah, so yeah we, we'll we put him on the there. spot. <laughs> he, he brought it up. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. And I prefaced it with this could be a different podcast. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Tune in for future podcasts, yeah. listeners. We might have a discussion. Yeah, if I burn on this. all my bridges. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that, I mean, this whole master and apprenticeship stuff is relevant because there's no, I mean, that's like a force multiplier, like huge, right? It is. Like Mark's talked about it. And I know from working with Mark, he's carried those lessons forward and how, you know, he interacts with younger people, too, that are coming into the job. So uh, there's no better way to get a, a clearer view of things than to stand on somebody else's shoulders. And, yeah, I mean, that that is, you know, a big part yep. of getting better, but yep. it's not the only way. 
No, nor nor am I advocating it as the only way. All I'm saying is that I know there are significant uh, pools of talent and and repositories of knowledge which, um, you know, when people retire, they exit the workforce and, you know, it's lost. It goes away. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know people, I've, I've worked with people, and, you know, to this day, I still have lunch with you know, some of the guys that mentored me uh, just regularly, not because, uh, I mean, I do enjoy their company, but it's not only that, it's, uh, I am very appreciative of everything, all the time they took, all the information they passed on, because it all still applies. Mm. You know, the, the design processes, control loop tuning, and all those things that, uh, you know, are hard to learn without mentorship well i got something to add to this too and um you know going towards mentorship it you almost you don't necessarily have to like say okay i'm going to be the dedicated mentor and i'm going to teach you this and this and this and explain everything along the way too i think a big part of it is just allowing for exposure to things as well like just being exposed as um you know a young engineer or whatever to different all the different facets of, you know, our industry and just being there as it happens and seeing it is a huge step or, you know, uh, for learning. You don't have to, someone doesn't have to like sit down and explain everything to you. If you're just around it, you, you know, what would you call it? Osmosis, right? You kind of absorb just everything going on as opposed to say, here's your singular task, do this and don't ask any other questions, (laughs) you know? Be around this. Watch what anything happening. You know, um, I think makes no, a big that's a difference. Great word, absolutely. Exposure. You know, you don't. Yeah, you don't have to, as a mentor, necessarily teach every everything to an individual for them to learn something. If you just put them in the situation where they can be exposed to it and absorb it themselves, and maybe ask, maybe not even ask questions, just look and watch and be part of it. Um, eventually it'll start to click if you see it enough, too. I don't know. <laughs> well, Clayton, you don't have any kids, but Nick and Jim have kids, and children don't just learn by what you sit down and teach them. They they learn more by observing than right, they do by, yeah, yeah. by what you sit down and teach. <laughs> yep, okay. What? There it is. <laughs> is this true? It is true. I'm yeah. Damn. So um, maybe to bring it back to a little bit of what what we wanted to talk about too, uh, specifically, I, I, like out of the mentorship realm, you know, there's there's some things that Nick alluded to in the beginning of the podcast, and maybe we can expand on. You know, uh, for getting better, if you're not getting faster, you're getting slower. If you're not getting cheaper, you're getting more expensive. Um, and if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So maybe let's talk about if you're not getting faster, you're getting slower. Do you, does everybody agree with that? Is that true to start with? I think so, because your, your competition is certainly getting faster. And I guess that's a good way to think of it. If you're talking about that, if you're looking at, you know, one company versus another, uh, I think that's a definite competitive advantage to be faster than the other people trying to do it. And I guess you could even consider it, um, peers too would be the same as if you know if it's a different company or if it's other individuals in your field you obviously want to be faster i would say (laughs) 
And I think the technology is kind of demanding it these days that, you know, I think the market's very unforgiving for somebody that does not use the technology that's readily available out there. What are you saying, like, use Excel if you need to do a calculation so the next time you can just type in your numbers and you don't have to redo the whole hand, you know, scratch paper calculation, kind of stuff like that? Absolutely. It's a great thing. I mean, my my mind was more simpler that, you know, somebody says, yeah, I'm going to write you a letter and respond to your email. That's not going to fly, right? You want a a rapid (laughs) response. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah, okay. I get what you're saying. (laughs) Well, I th- but it goes deeper than that, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think the 100% reliance on technology is not uh, always the best. You know, the Navy SEALs tell you that slow is smooth and smooth is fast. So that yes. means you need to be thorough, you need to be complete. Yes. And then you're fast. Because if yes. you're fast, and I, I've, I've done it myself, uh, you don't go back and check the output just with a does this make sense? The output of a simulation, uh, yep. does it make sense? You know, from intuitively everything that I know, and it, yep. if you just brush and push something out, well, that's not really fast. That's uh, the, the scenario for creating rework. I agree with, yeah. uh, you know, applying the appropriate tools to be efficient, to be, you know, repetitive when you, when you know the results will be um, solid, but just being fast for the sake of being fast is not necessarily a good thing. But that could, I mean, like what you just said can fall exactly in, you know, what we're saying to to Uh, be getting faster. I mean, you have to understand, okay, take my time in a way, make sure it's correct. So when it's done, it's done and we don't have to rework. That's a big part of being faster, you know, (laughs) for anything. (laughs) Yeah. What's better to, to get drawings out on time? And have them returned all redlined, or to get drawing and have to have to redraw, or have to edit, or do it once, and comes back with a couple of comments, and that's it. Well, yeah, or I'd even you know rather say, um, someone might say, okay, you know, drawings need to be done by this date, and you're all excited, and you're going to get it done, you know, a week ahead, and it's just not good. You got to rework it, and then. At the end of the day, by the time you fix everything, you're a week late. I'd rather have it be on time that day and 100%. Well, no, you guys are absolutely right, but, you know, speed costs, but, you know, it shouldn't cost quality mm-hmm. and errors. There yes, 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 yes. Exactly. All things yeah. being equal, <laughs> I mean, of course you want to get, you know, it's not only a customer desire, but it's also a market demand at this point. Right. I mean, it's one one of many characteristics, but it it does always matter. It does. So I agree. I think that is a part about getting better, is in, you know, decreasing the cycle times it takes you to do stuff. Whether it's, hey, you can get better mowing your lawn. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. No, I so like when I when I do a lot of stuff. Um, it took me, again, as a many years ago. Well, not many years ago, but a couple of years ago. Oh, I'm going to do a calculation. I know how to do this. Let me grab my, you know, pencil and piece of paper and type in my calculator and do it. Great. Well, that means the next time I have to do it, I have to take the time to do all of that again. So I was like, oh, yeah. Well, I might as well just put it in Excel. It's a much better tool. And the next time I have to do it, it's ready to go. I don't know. Like those are just the little things as you progress in your career that say, oh, this is easy to do. I might as even if it takes a little bit longer to put it in Excel the first time. 
you're ultimately getting faster. <laughs> Absolutely. I, mean, I, I think that's the big obstacle sometimes. It does take that little extra time sometimes to yeah. become faster the next and, time. And, you know, that's my example, and there's probably, you know, hundreds of other ones, but that was the one that stuck in my head. So It's a good one. Yeah. You want to be happy now or happy later? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Both. Both. That's what everybody <laughs> wants. <laughs> So does that fall into, um, you know, our next kind of thing we want to talk about is if you're not getting cheaper, you're getting more expensive. That kind of is hand in hand with faster, I would say. Time is money. So what do we mean getting cheaper? Maybe maybe less expensive. I, I'm, I'm not know? buying that. I mean, I'm really? going to use, I'm going to say instead of being faster and cheaper, I'm going to use our favorite word. Just, you're going to be more efficient. I think. Oh yeah. I think even beyond right. that, you're going to provide more value. That too. So if you're not providing more value, you're becoming obsolete. Um, Love that, it. And I, I look at it as that. That's kind of harsh. Wow, <laughs> that's true. That's but reality. When you, when you say it, harsh. it is. I know. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, um, you know, if you're not providing more value, either by increasing the breadth and depth of your knowledge for the same mm-hmm. price, then you're becoming obsolete. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you disagree, Nick? I mean, no, I mean, it, it does apply, but, you know, a lot of these things, you just got to take it, you know. I mean, I like Jim's the efficiency. That does wrap up both the things with cost and output. Uh, you don't like Mark's, though? Well, I don't think it applies necessarily. If, if you have an outfit that comes in and, and you know cleans your office building or something, they've been doing it great for years, and some other outfit comes in and says, I can do the same thing, it's 20% cheaper. I mean, I guess that's the increasing value you're talking about. Well, that w- well if they're doing the same thing. Yeah, it's that's, just- that's better to me if they're doing the same thing and it costs less. The qual- I mean, yeah, but that's it comes down to quality. I mean, all things equal. Yeah. All things equal. Okay. <laughs> Do I have to say that before every statement? Yeah. All things equal. Jeez. Well, geez, it doesn't work if a rocket ship hits it. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> all things equal. Oh, my goodness. The, the efficiency is a great point. And the value, I mean, that is, that wraps it up right there, Mark, really. I mean, isn't that what we're all looking for? Doesn't that encompass so much of this time? Cost, it does so quality when you rework yeah when you get more training when you increase your knowledge base when you increase your depth of knowledge you are increasing your value uh, no matter what all things so how, what are good ways to do that if you don't have a a good mentor say you're just plopped in a environment and you know you have your job to do and you do it but you want to get better add fertilizer be a pain in the ass. Be a pain in the ass, yeah. Start asking, what else can I do? How do yep, I yeah. learn this? Yep. Yep. Okay. You know, I've heard this before. A lot of people, I like, tell, you know, especially like their kids in school, you know, be a sponge or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've heard somebody say they, they didn't want their kids to be sponges. They wanted to be more like sieves, right? Like, don't just absorb everything you hear out there and take it to your core you got to filter it, right? Did one of you guys say this before? Because it sounds like something smart one of you guys would say. Don't <laughs> I don't sponge, know. I don't be know. A sieve. No, I haven't heard that before, me. Nick. That is. Okay. 
that's you. But, I'll but use I, your dick. A yeah. lot of that is that's I thought of that when you were saying like ask questions, just get everything, but you know, that's tough, but you need to you just can't acquire it all. Right. And I think that's what we talked about it earlier. You know, you start off Clayton, and you're just like, I want to learn everything in this giant HVAC basics binder I have. <laughs> right. Um, I'm becoming an expert on everything. Yeah. And you, you just can't, you know? So you kind of have to, I don't know, filter it. Well, everything's got to be in reason, too. Yeah. I guess is that, that's kind of what you're saying. Mm. I don't know. Oh, all things being equal. <laughs> yeah, all things being I don't equal. think we're talking just about apprentices because with the rate of change of technology, that's important even for journeymen, right? Oh, goodness, yeah. And, and masters. And masters, yeah. exactly. You yeah, know, absolutely. And, you know, and engineering, it's all about a lifetime of continuous improvement and continuing education. I mean, it's even in if you're a professional engineer or certified energy manager or any of the other certifications or licenses there's a requirement for continuing education for that exact reason you know the world's always changing things are always improving um and you have to stay on top of it so if you're a master <laughs> if you don't if, if you are standing still and you're not staying on top of your game you know yeah so like what happened to the master of pneumatic controls when ddc came out they grew they had to, they had but no if they choice. didn't, but they became obsolete probably, right? Well, it, it was a total paradigm shift, and I observed a lot of that firsthand. And so, number one, there were, there were uh, growing pains in the industry because manufacturers that have been making injection-molded uh, pneumatic controllers are now trying to you know, literally build their own PCs, build their own circuit boards, do stuff that is totally outside their... Right. knowledge base and then it was you know the, the products flooded the market and the the field teams be they independent dealers or factory stores had to provide almost daily feedback with here's the problems i encounter how will you fix this what will you do to address it how do you get this thing to be cheaper so that we can meet the market you know on a competitive basis and you know Fortunately, they had enough business knowledge, they had enough controls knowledge to say, here's the way it needs to function and here's what the market is demanding, what customers are demanding to drive the industry to a point where it became really viable. And then BACnet became uh, you know, a standard and the market forces really took effect. So I don't know, there, were, there was a obviously a divergence of people that said, uh, you know, I never want to learn that. And I only have this many more years left in the industry and I'll just service pneumatic systems until there are no more or sell pneumatic systems until there are no more. But then there was a whole other contingent that said, we need to get on board with this because it is better. It can be better and drive the, the business forward. It's an interesting little thought about what what becomes of the master and does the master, and even going back to, you know, the gilded age, if you will, the master still worked at their craft. Absolutely, right. Hmm. Man, you guys are deep. <laughs> I know this is a deep Gosh. conversation. <laughs> but hopefully, to our listeners, you know, you're finding value from it. I mean, um, if we're not just like spewing things you already know. 
I think it's valuable information to talk about. Jim made some great points, you know, about to, to relate to individuals, you know, oh, I'm, I'm learning a lot, but I'm not a master at anything specifically. But, you know, that knowledge pays dividends in the end, like he said. So, um, I don't know, I think there's a lot of great stuff coming out of this podcast discussion. What about, like, what are some blocks for people that, you know, I want to, if you say, okay, if you're saying you want to get better, you might not have these, but you know, you see, you see people in maybe their apprentices or journeymen or maybe, maybe masters even that, that aren't, I don't know. I don't know how to, to word this the best way, but you know, block somebody from getting better. Like the things that come to my mind are like complacency or stubbornness. I think those are two big ones. Um, is that something like worth personal motivation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personal? Like, you know, what people get complacent. Um, okay, I, I'm good. I know what I need to know, and I don't need to know anymore because whatever. Or I don't know, maybe stubbornness has to fall in there somehow, right? I don't know if that's something we want to elaborate on. Okay, and like stubbornness would be maybe even like, oh, this new technology is coming along. I don't want to embrace it or learn it. Yeah. Oh, here's know, a good one. Like, this. you know, mag bearing chillers are stupid. <laughs> what? I like, I'm not saying that. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but I, you'll get people that'll probably say that, right? Um, is that stubbornness? You know, you're, you're, you know, all this great technology is coming out and, you know, we think mag bearing chillers are great and there's evidence that they're great and all that stuff. But there's going to be the person that says, I just like my, my plain old centrifugal chiller, you know, it just it does what it does, and it's been good since the 1980s. And why do I have to change anything? Because it works. It'll always work. It's been working. I don't know. Like, where does that fall into the conversation? So I, I think a big part of it, another buzzword, is maybe self awareness. Self awareness. Okay. Yes. You know, yes. I think, and also, it's natural to be resistant to change um, for a lot of people, and especially, I think, experienced engineers when we get comfortable that's another buzzword probably with this we're comfortable with <laughs> what's been time proven yeah. um and i thought i i yeah. always find myself on both sides of this like in, internal debate right, right? you gotta like, ride the like, line I know, well this has been yeah. done forever i know if i do it this way i'm not going to get a phone call you know and if it's all as long as i assuming i do it correctly but there's a little bit mm-hmm. of a risk when you look at new technologies or do something that hasn't been time proven um, so I, I think it is a balancing act. You, you do like with your specific example, it's magnetic bearing chillers. I personally think they're great, but you know, when they first came out, I would be hesitant. I would not, I don't like always being, uh, you know, I don't like being the first one to do something sometimes <laughs> if there's a big, you know, if right. it's a big risk <laughs> and you're advising someone that's trusting yep. you to with their multi-million dollar project, you know, a lot's on the line. So that's where, you know, when it comes to actually making those decisions and actually consulting and you face some of the consequences, if you're wrong, you know, it does uh, kind of ground you a little bit because when you take Mm -hmm. that away, yeah, I'd love to be gung ho and all excited about a lot of this new stuff, but at the same time, you know, there's a little bit of the risk aversion where I want to tend to stay with what's time proven, but I always have my eye on what I think the next thing is. And you, I think magnetic 
bearing chillers is a great one. Well, I, I've been on some you know nice sized projects, five to ten million dollars or so, with uh, contractors that we're the owners' reps or construction managers for, and the project manager will not use a PC, will not doesn't have Excel, won't use Schedule, won't even get emails and uh, read them on anything except a phone, which makes it, that's an absurdity. So in that case, you know, that is pure and simple, uh, I don't know, stubbornness yep. or refusal to accept, you know, new technology. And uh, honestly, I think, you know, specifically those tools, Microsoft Project, Microsoft Excel, it's almost impossible to be a project manager without having some familiarity with those tools. I would love to see a documentary about this man and his project. <laughs> <It's> multiple men. <laughs> really I've seen would. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> I think it's fascinating. Because, I mean, he, because he obviously must be quite capable. Oh, I right? didn't say I mean, that. Yeah. You don't have to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. this, yeah. but you know, there's something this gentleman is doing right without the obvious trappings of how everybody else does work. It's, I, I find it just fascinating. No, it, it, it was, it uh, in, in every case, it was an impediment to oh. efficiency. Makes it even better documentary yeah. then. See, the, the good thing is they, the people that are like that probably aren't listening to podcasts. So I don't care if um. they are. I mean, <laughs> and, and they were younger than me. So I, I really? look at it like, how, how can this be happening? You know, that you get placed in a position of responsibility for everything that comes through in your emails and, you know, Excel or any of the Microsoft suite of tools or even, you know, PDFs and you won't turn on a computer. Give me a break. That's pure stubbornness then. I agree. I, I mean, I would say completely. I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I don't know if that's that commonplace. Maybe it is, but... uh <laughs> I don't know. For me personally, it's I think it's a, a time uh, issue as you get older and maybe you get more involved with things professionally and personally. It's I mean, I remember I don't even know if they have these things anymore. Energy user news and the AEE journals. I mean, I used to read them all the time and just keep stacks of them in my trunk. So anytime I remember one of my first bosses, I don't know, I was in his trunk or something, or he opened his trunk, I'm like, what's all this stuff? He's like, it's my magazine. So when I go to the dentist, I'm not reading their magazines. I'm reading mine. I said, ooh, that's good. So Wow. But then as you get older, and I have a list of all kinds of bookmarks and places I should go every week or two and kind of see what's going out there, and I keep up with a very limited amount you know, very directed towards what I'm doing at the moment. But that's a big impediment for me, I think, to getting better is that old uh, Stephen Covey sharpening the saw piece of it. Hello. Yeah, meaning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm, I was thinking about how I want to respond. Uh, yeah. I mean, so you don't do, you yourself don't think you do enough of it? Oh, I, I, I don't believe I do enough of it. I really don't. I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. I've probably done a lot of projects with magnetically levitated chillers, but didn't really know they were this great groundbreaking technology you guys have exposed me to. Well, I mean, but you don't... I'm just on the other side of it. Yeah, right? you don't need to know. You're system. looking at the, 
the back end of it. I, I knew performance yeah. targets they were looking for and how the thing was yeah. supposed to operate, but never. But so that was just an example of, yeah, I feel completely sometimes out of what new technology is out there. And it's unsettling to me, but it's also not the specific domain with which I, in, in which I operate now. So I guess I'm a little more forgiving on myself with those things. But I've got plenty of other things I should be continually developing myself on. You got to go to trade shows then so you see all the new jazz. You know, that's a great idea. That really is. Uh, but then again, who has the time to do that? <laughs> I guess <laughs> You know, yeah, okay. So one, and so, anyways, my my best tip is that, and I've been trying to get better at this. And my my weeks and months that go really good is when I take time at the end of the week to look back at my calendar. I take you know wonderful notes on what I do, and you know whatever journal notes on projects, and to go back and reflect on okay, what did I do right this week? What did I do wrong? And how am I going to fix that? And sometimes I get into those good you know, kind of tracks where I do that reliably. And it's so clear what a difference that makes. One, I look back at my week and I don't just think, boy, I was just in a hamster wheel all week, you know, what did I do? But if you just go from week to week, I think you can get into that mindset. But then there's been, sometimes I've looked back and I said, oh yeah, you know, that was good. Or, oh yeah, I've got to learn more about that. And I put that on my list for the next week. But... I don't know. I think we we're talking about impediments to getting better. So time is mine. Time. time. It's not a desire. I mean, I, I agree with that. But at the same time, when you see things that interest you or that you feel like there's a gap, what you said, Nick, is really important. I think make the list, you know, what's on your self-improvement list. And then when you have, you know, a free half an hour, you know, free hour or free half a day, if your schedule permits it, then you take action on those self-improvement items. Now, I just correct you a little bit there. You're never going to find the time, right, to do anything. You're going to make the time, and that's what you got to do. You don't find the time to you know, mowing my lawn is on my list, obviously, on my mind today. <laughs> but you don't find the time and say, oh, I got an extra couple hours to mow the lawn. You got to set that time aside. So that's kind of my big advice for younger people or whatever older people oh it's so challenging you though just you do but if you want to get better yeah it doesn't happen by accident it really doesn't yeah. do you ride or push a little bit of both well when you're riding you put your work i'm pushing you put it. your headset on and your hearing protection all in one yeah listen, listen to the building hot riders podcast. podcast there's a ton of good yeah it's a there. good one i've heard yeah that's yeah tune into show. the to the oh better building systems and then you know the building hot rodders to tell you about pumps and getting better and being prepared there's a lot of good stuff on that podcast you know that's an excellent recommendation i mean the shameless plug aside uh <laughs> no but that is a, a good way to obviously get exposure i mean there's so many great buzzwords you guys have thrown out today patience exposure self-awareness <laughs> comfort you know yeah, it's uncomfortable, you know, yeah. diving into stuff you don't know. Or how about this? What's really uncomfortable? Examining your own flaws, you know. Yeah, figure yeah. out yep. where you're not better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I gotta tell you, the time thing is, it it you know it hits me a little bit because, you know, between my professional work life and my personal life, 
like all of us, there's no time, right? Like I just, I do everything and it's crazy. So it does make it challenging to say, oh, I'm going to take um, an hour out of my day after work or at the end of the day to reflect and what, you know, what do I, what do I want to learn about a little bit more? Or, you know, where can I improve? Um, but a podcast is a great idea too. It is. It's something because, you know, you can have that playing in the background listening and you can be learning a lot more from a podcast than you are from a little background music too. I think that's a great point. And kind of going back to what Mark said, if you're mowing the lawn, throw the headsets on. That's a good time yeah. to efficiency to listen to something yeah. where you might learn and improve. Yep. And going back on to what, what Nick said, um, you know, you have to make the time. And I, you know, we all have excuses. I know we're all busy. We all have a lot going on. But I got to tell you, 99% of the people out there, you can give yourself a couple extra hours a week. If you're really serious and want to improve yourself, you can find the time. There's going to be time when yes. you're watching TV or you're, yes. you're just sitting there. There, I guarantee you, if you really analyze your day, there's a lot of, there, there's going to be those gaps in there. And damn, it, you know, if you're just, guess what? The other person is out there. They might be, you know, reading about the next generation chiller or trying to improve themselves or doing something yep. while you're watching TV. Yep. Uh, I got to say, when I was studying for my FE exam, uh, time again, you know, it's challenging. There's, uh, you don't have a lot of time. You're like, you tell yourself, I got no time on my day, whatever. I just came into work an hour early every day and use that one hour before I started work to study for my FE exam. Found the time and it awesome. worked. You know, it made a difference. You, you made the time. Clayton. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. It makes a difference. So I completely agree with that. And you and turned it, it into a habit. Yep. Right? And, and it just takes it. discipline. Beautiful. Yep. So. so just to expand on something Nick said, you know, that, you have to do the personal inventory. You have to be able to look in the mirror and say, what are my own personal strengths and weaknesses, both in knowledge base and in habits? And I have to tell you, if they would have had Ritalin when I was in high school, I would have been on the poster for it because my ADD is bad. Um, I have to force myself to sit in a seat, finish a project to completion. It's not a, you know, it, it basically, I can be distracted easily. And I need to, you know, maintain a focus on it. And the other side of it is, you know, what Jack Welch said, everybody has strengths and weaknesses. And you work from your strengths and you work on your weaknesses. So mm. know what your strengths are. That's your central repository of, you know, I have competence in here, here, and here. And these are my habits that are positive. And then what are your competencies and habits that aren't so strong? And those are the ones you work on so that, you know, you retain the good and you improve on what you're weak, uh, where you're weak, because that's how you get better. And I will say to add to that, you know, especially for anybody listening that's thinking to themselves, man, I should start adding a little time in here. It, it's not like you got to like do a life changing. I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. every day and start, you know, learning about stuff until 6 a.m. before I start work. If it's an extra 15 minutes every day, I mean, it adds it, you know, it, it's little steps, which make a big difference. At the that's end. what it is, Clayton. I totally agree. I like the word tweaking. You know? Yeah, yeah. Weird word, but 
most of us just require a little tweaking, you yep. know, and some basic <laughs> things we do, and it can make some, yep, some huge improvements. I'm yep. so jazzed to go about the rest of my day now, just based on this inspiration from all you. Well, and, I'm serious. And, and I don't know. Do you guys know what the rule of fives is? Did I talk about this? I've heard it before. Yeah. So I don't, so I don't know what off, you, off my you've head. You've become the most like the five people you hang around with the most. Yes. So if if the people you hang around with aren't like minded, go find some like minded people. Um, yeah. That are already on a, a stronger path or a, a good path, and you know. That's what we did in college. Find somebody to study with, right? Find somebody yep. to work out with. Find somebody to skate yep. with. Find somebody to do whatever and yep. help you move it forward. My peers are some of the best um, motivators for me as well. And not because I'm in competition with them, but just as, you know, setting milestones and guidelines and whatever. You know, like I have a few really good, great friends that are extremely hardworking and you know, they're, they're on a similar track to me as me. And, um, hmm. it, it just, it's huge be surrounding yourself with quality people like that, because I, I always have like a little check. I don't know. Am I doing, I don't want to do, you don't need to overdo it. You don't want to underdo it. You just kind of make sure you're on a constant upward trend. And some of my, cause some people that you might graduate might've graduated with or our peers or whatever, aren't on that right trend. And if you compare yourself to them, you might be doing just as well as them. But if you compare yourself to somebody else, you might be falling way behind. So I don't know. Again, I don't. That's great. I just use it as a guideline. I have, I, you know, some really great friends in the in similar industries and it helps so much through college, high school, you know, and now my professional career. So. No, I mean, just Clayton, you, you mentioned it wasn't like a competitive thing with your peers, right? Right. And that's great. And that's, I mean, it's, it's almost like an informal, uh, like a team. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Team can yep. push each other, but yep. all with the greatest intention. So yep. that's a real good thing to maintain for the rest of your life, surrounding yourself with, with good people that yeah, yeah, help you become better. So we didn't talk too much about, um, you know, the buildings in specifics with this podcast, but I think it, I think it's a really it was a necessary podcast and hopefully as a listener you took something away from this and i don't know if that means i'm wrapping it up now <laughs> what do you guys think well I th one thing i would say very clearly is you have to learn from others good and bad um yes you, you you know clayton i know you've seen people do things badly but at the same time i've seen so many people do things so well that it, it's almost symphonic there's no wasted movement right. there's no wasted yep. thought and i don't care whether it's hanging wallpaper tuning a control loop i don't care those are the people that you learn from and yes i just think it's important that you know if you decide oh, i'll learn everything on my own you make costly mistakes and costly doesn't always mm. mean you break something and have to replace it it means you wasted days or hours out of your life mm -hmm. so learn from other people and ask questions i think that's really important yeah and like you got to be open to say wow my my way of doing it wasn't as good you know right. um because you know you can always say oh my way is the right way and i this this works better and but it, you know if you can like have the self-reflection to say wow 
in person did it way better than I thought of. Right. Oh, so, no, beautiful. No I mean, shame humility, in, yeah. yeah. Humility is a huge part of that, like you said, at any age too. Yes. You know, and I think that's a trap people get into a, you know, and I've fallen into it too. And I think that people expect me to know something that I maybe should know, mm-hmm. but hey, maybe I shouldn't know it because... I don't work with pumps all the time, Jim, so I don't know all about that stuff. Nick, you are really hung up on that. Please don't be. <laughs> I felt small and stupid. <laughs> That's okay. It kind of pushed me to, you know, get a little bit more. Now Nick's going to be like it. that pump expert. He's been taking the one hour at the end of the week and reading about pumps. Subscribe to Pump Quarterly, Clayton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I guess think, I think those are great points. Learn from others. Uh be open, ask the questions, be humble. Gosh, yeah. Everybody yeah. knows something that you don't. Well, I, I love when you get like four or five smart guys working on one project and you could be in college, you could be, you know, in, in the field and everyone's got to say, this is my idea and this is the way we should do it. Um, you know, and you get into this, just a, it's just this never ending circle. You know, we should do it this way. No, this way, this way, this way, whatever. Nothing gets done. Um, yeah. <laughs> Don't be afraid to say, wow, that's a that's a better idea than I had. Let's do that. And then you're going to learn a lot from it if it works really well, too. So, Well, you're right. And I have to say my favorite people to learn from right now, my grandkids. <laughs> Honestly, whether it's, you know, basically first grader showing me all the cool things you can, or, you know, she's in fourth grade now, so she's showing me all the cool things you can do with an iPad or the first grader saying, Gramps, <laughs> did you yeah. know this, this, and this about frogs or cats or why it's important to stand back from someone when they're operating power equipment. Or my my grandson telling me how a Play-Doh extruder works. I mean, all those things are in an education they're yeah, getting. It's, wow. yeah. it's cool stuff. And then you can take them and show them the real world and say, and this is what this does. And, you know, they ask unbelievable questions that really make you think. And uh, yeah. it, it's, it's, uh, it's good. You know, you learn a lot from them about yep they, they haven't been corrupted yet by the whole whatever that social fabric thing we're right. talking about where you feel like an idiot for asking a question yeah right but i gave so up on that a long time a safe, ago man that's beautiful you should yeah absolutely there's no shame in it oh no. no there's so much out there to know you know yep. i've i've been in you know i, I know you got to know when the right time to ask the dumb question is right but you know if you can ask the dumb question the right at the right time there's been times where I've like, man, this is a stupid question. I should know this. And then you ask it and whoever you're asking might not even know the answer. <laughs> and you know. That's right. Yeah, or they or they do and they're like, Wow, that was a really great question. Okay. I learned from that. Don't be afraid to ask the question. No one's and gonna... the goal is really not to know everything. Yeah. You know? And I think that took a you know, I thought yep. there was so much to know early on that I really thought I had to know it all myself. In in you know, terms of this business and things I was doing, but uh, it was funny. I was coming back from the dentist yesterday. I stopped at this little trailhead or creek or anything, and just you know, never read the sign there and started reading. It's called like Castle Valley or whatever. Why was it named this? And it turns out it was this guy named Crazy Tom who said he went crazy from so much learning. Right? I had never heard this. He just wanted to know everything, and he eventually went crazy. And he thought, I'm going to build a castle the banks of the Neshaminy Creek, the steepest part of it. And so he, you know, carried thousands of rocks up from the creek and surrounding areas and tried to build a castle. Never finished. <laughs> That's <Yikes. it. laughs> But I never heard somebody going crazy from too much knowledge. 
Oh, you know, I did want to make a reference to why it's important to uh, young people just getting in the industry to start this early because it's just like a drag race. Life is like a drag race. That if you're slow leaving the line, it's really hard to catch up. I think with that, I think we're at a good point where we can wrap this podcast up. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. I really hope you guys took something away from this. Um, Nick, Jim, and Mark, you guys had just great, great, great points. It really made me think, um, you know, maybe I'll have to start doing some tweaking in my own life as well to keep on the getting better track. Um, and with that, thanks a lot, guys. This was a really great podcast. Stay tuned. Our next podcast, I don't know what we'll talk about yet. It's going to be a surprise. So, the mystery box. That's what we've been doing lately, and I, I've really kind of enjoyed it. So, stay tuned. Whatever we talk about, it will be another great discussion. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.